Welcome back to another episode of ISN Now, joined as always by Noah Cowell. I'm Will Charlton, and coming off an uh, interesting week in Illini sports, but both teams, women's and men's, are heading into postseason play officially now. But Noah, we had our final Illini sports night in Richmond studio, the old Richmond studio, <laughs> last night. And, you know, a little bittersweet, but, little you know, emotional. the show was. Probably my favorite we've had all season. We ended on the best note possible, in my opinion. Oh, we definitely did. Um, yeah, you know, just for everyone knowing, that was a fake cry. But it was it was very emotional. No, it, wasn't. Uh, it, it was real. It was, <laughs> right. Uh, Will is my witness. But uh, <laughs> it was Anaya's last, Anaya Jones' last show here. Uh, you know, I wish we would have found her sooner, man. I really our, our advisor, Ken, already kept saying, oh, you're leaving us, you're leaving us. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I wish we actually found her sooner because her energy on the desk was phenomenal throughout the entire she made semester. the show like glow up. Yeah, she and know? Alec, like the addition of them, kind of made this show what it ended up being. Um, you know, I, I love our contributions, but the energy that they brought to the show, the the social media presence that we had, it it allowed everyone, like so many more people, to know who we are now. And you know, now we we literally had three live interviews yesterday in the studio, and that's. That's something that if you told me that even last semester, I was like, oh, there's no chance we're ever going to do that. Right. Like while we're still here. And then next thing you know, we haven't this semester. Uh, I can't say enough about what Emmy was able to do. Adrian Carrasco, uh, he was one of our producers here. <laughs> they both were he, he was, rock stars. He, yeah. He, the important part was that he was fully committed to finding different interviews. He even wanted a fourth interview yesterday, yeah. Swim and Dive. Uh, yeah. It was just unreal. Easily the so most professional cool. semester we've been a part of with Lana Sports Night. And even with this current set, I mean, imagine what we're going to do with oh, the new one. I, Renovate, renovations start in two days. Yep. That's, man, that I, can't, I can't wait. You know, that it's just, it's actually so crazy to think that at the start of the semester, it's like, oh, I mean, we got eight weeks till Richmond is about to get renovated. But now here we are. I mean, literally the door is closed to this place on Friday yeah. at noon. It's like, wow. I mean... I cannot wait to see how our studio looks next year and how our podcast room looks next year too. I mean, we're, we're going to be gonna having be... a video and audio podcast. Yeah, yeah next we semester. sure will, and uh, you'll be able to watch our faces on this podcast next year if you so wish, or you could just you know listen to it like you still do right now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever right. you get this podcast. But um, last night I had the privilege to uh, talk to Tommy Cool of the golf team. That was really cool. Really. Cool. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if that was yeah. intentional uh, or not. You know, at first it wasn't. It just kind of flowed. <laughs> flowed, but uh, it was pretty cool. It was. It was a really nice interview. Um, he's been awesome for this golf team. They're number seven in the in the country right now. Which you know, he was talking about how it's kind of national championship or bust for them at this point with the senior leadership they have in Bassard, Demonte Chassard, and himself. And you know, like so, hashtag golf school. Oh, always, always be a golf school, regardless of what <laughs> happens in basketball or football. Um, but yeah, I mean, the national, like a national championship is always the expectation for this team because they're so consistently near the top. And, as, and last year, I can't really recall where they finished. I know that they weren't really threatening. Premature exit. Yeah, they, they weren't I know threatening that. Yeah. for that same uh, national championship they had in years past. But this year, it seems like they're, they're actually getting there. Yeah. And you need uh, Tommy Cool to be consistent. You need DeMonte Chassart to be consistent. Bassard as well. All of those guys, it needs to be a team effort. And, you know, I got a little different feeling about this year. 
I do I too. Know. And Tommy did as well. Tommy just says this year's different. I mean, that he just feels that confident in this team to go break some barriers. And I mean, break them all. Break them all, right? But um, yeah, just awesome ending to Illini sports. We had two gymnasts on the show last night. We had Will Sammons from the Illini hockey team who scored the his, incredible, his incredible. game-winning storybook ending goal on senior night. That was that was something you had to be there to see, which I was thankful enough. I was there. And I'm a little jealous. I wasn't. Yeah, I mean. it was. That was really really cool to see the stadium erupt like that. But an incredible season for Illini Sports Night. Cannot wait for next season. And you have something you want to talk about real fast. Don't I you? do. Uh, there was a little sneak peek on Illini Sports Night last night, uh, but I uh, I guess it was two Tuesdays ago now. I had the privilege of sitting down on Zoom and talking with Hall of Famer Teresa Grenz. Uh, Former, like for people who don't know who Teresa Grentz is, she coached the uh, women's basketball team here uh, from 1995 to 2007. And she, in her second year here, after the Illini were 50 and 83 under the previous coach, she got them from playing in Huff Hall, which had a capacity of 4,000 people, to then Assembly Hall, now State Farm Center, which had a capacity of around 16,000 plus. And she was able to get them a Big Ten title in her second year. Wow. She, she is a Hall of Famer as a coach. She has, she's in the top 30 all-time in women's basketball, to, total wins. She won a national championship with Rutgers. And she also was a player, too. And she, she literally is one of, on one of the most famous teams of all time, Immaculata, in the 1970s when they won three straight women's championships. Three straight. It was the first three, wow. too. The first three intercollegiate championships. She was a part of that team. Division one or... Oh, well, at the time, it was like I, I, there wasn't even a Division One at that point. It was point, just really. kind of like it a was, whole collective thing? It was literally the first year of women's basketball. Ah. And they had like oh, a wow. big underdog story. the first three titles ever. There's That's incredible. Literally a movie about it. Wow. So you can watch the movie if you want. Uh, it's, it's called The Mighty Max. But Mighty Max. Uh, we actually, I got to sit down with her, and she talked about her, her mentality as a coach and a player that made her so successful. And on top of that, what she loved so much about what Shauna Green has done with this program this year. Let's take a listen. I, my thing was, you don't practice any harder than we practice. You don't do anything better than we do it. Why should we lose? Let the other guy lose. I think we're going to win. You, you lose. I'm not losing. I think that she's a tremendous, tremendous professional and very, very fortunate that Illinois has her. And um, as I said, I am the self-appointed, unsolicited president of the Shauna Green fan club. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I love her mentality so much where she, as a player originally, she was like, you know, if you score two on us, it's fine. I'm going to go score. You will not stop me. Wow. And the second <laughs> I heard that, I thought, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like everyone with that type of mentality She's just, she was such a fierce competitor, and it was the same thing when she coached. As, as everyone could hear, she was like, you know, we, we practice as hard as anybody else. Why should we lose? Yeah. Let the other team lose. Right. <laughs> and I was sitting there, Let like, the talking to lose. her, yeah. and my smile was going from ear to ear, and I was like, oh, my, oh my God, I love this so much. I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm jealous. And, you know, and also a major key part, you know, she talked about how her relationship with Shauna Green has grown this year. The second that Shauna got the job, she called Teresa Grenz. And she was like so... Well, no wonder they've been so good this season. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
honestly, I mean, anyone who's connected with her, um, she, she, it was such a big deal for her. She was like, I'm the past. You don't have to worry about that. But for her to call her and, you know, show how much that she meant to this program. And she also had her banner um, risen up a few Sundays ago. During our pregame show. Yeah, yeah. during our, that was cool our to see live. Illini Sports Night pregame show. Yeah. We had, to, or we had the pleasure of seeing that. And she got to see a win against Penn State. And she's dominant win. <laughs> she's followed this team this year. This is the first team she's followed since she stopped coaching in the mid two thousands. Because she said, "Oh, the other teams disappoint me." Like her, wow. her standards are so high. And she watches this team. She's like, "Oh yeah, all the other teams I've watched by February they quit," and it makes she her must mad. Have not liked uh, Nancy Faye then. <laughs> well, she, she didn't want to comment on previous coaches. She was very respectful. Oh, respectful sure. about that, but. In terms of those teams, she was like, yeah, no, I didn't bother. But this team, she said she loves their personality. She loves how hard they play. What's and, not to like about them, though? I, I mean, know. like, everything and about them is awesome. A really big part of that also is that she also talked about what they have going on at Ubbin there. And, yeah. you know, what their recruits should be looking forward to, the training they have. Oh. Let's also take a listen to that as well. So it'll be up to the staff and to uh, recruit the very, very best players. And that facility that they have over at Ubbin, oh, my mm. God. I've cool. seen that. It's absolutely insane. I've been in there a few times. It's, I was shocked. <laughs> it's magnificent. That's all I can say. They had, they hit – they didn't just put a building up. They hit every detail. So if you're a young kid coming out and you're being recruited and you, they get you to this campus and you can see where you will be spending your time how they're going to take care of you and treat you take and take care of you with the um i think these kids are in such great shape the way they've changed their bodies and i think the the training staff and that whole thing has just been magnificent and yeah just just hearing that that's so big if like personally i'm going to try and uh, show that clip like on Twitter. I want a lot of people to see that. If recruits get to see that uh, a Hall of Famer, one of the best coaches ever, is saying that about this facility, I mean, how many people are you going to get flocking here to be coached by Shauna Green? I think the opportunities are endless when you really think about it. Yeah. But anyways, it was a great opportunity to talk to her. If you want to see the full interview, you can go to our Illini Sports or UI7 Newsroom Vimeo page and see the 16-plus minute interview that I had with her. It was truly surreal, and you get to learn a lot about what it takes to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it myself. That, I mean, just the clip sounded awesome, and, I mean, the clip on the line of sports, that sounded great, too. So I'm kind of bummed out I haven't even tuned in yet, but I'm definitely going to watch that, and I recommend all you viewers, out, all you listeners out there uh, do the same thing, and we'll talk about women's basketball a little bit later uh, in the podcast, but now we have to – Kind of really talk about a team who is the definition of consistently inconsistent. The Illini <laughs> men's basketball team. Um, I had the privilege to be down in West Lafayette this past Sunday at Mackey Arena. Awesome, awesome environment, awesome experience. Um, that place is loud. That's a really, really loud arena. Um, so, as you can still hear, you know, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You know, I had to say my, my ears were hurting a little bit from uh, from the decibels in that place. But um, apparently, according to one of my friends who attends Purdue, uh, that is not the loudest it has nearly gotten this season. Which, but, that's uh, hard to believe. Yeah, uh, that place was very loud. But, you know, really fun game. The Illini seemed absolutely just dead at halftime. Seemed like they were just completely lost, had no answers for what Purdue was doing. 
Purdue was shooting exactly 50% from behind the arc at halftime. And then, you know, they took the floor in the second half, and they looked like a whole new team. They outscored Purdue 45-29 to in the second half after being down 21 at halftime. They lost 76-71, to but, whoa. I mean, I, I had... I had my article written for the Champagne Review. You were telling me that. You're like, like at least I have it written. Like, I mean, I was like, you know, I mean, this game is terrible, but I mean, I guess I already had my article written. And then all of a sudden, they start coming back. It's all of a sudden a 15-point game. It's like, oh, I mean, okay. Maybe make, make a tiny I little mean, run there, right? Then it was 13. It was like, then it was 11. Then it was single digits. I was like, so what's going on here? Like, no way they're going to pull it and off And then all again. of a sudden, Sincere Harris gets an and one down six to make it a three-point game. <laughs> and then it's a one-point game. Matthew Meyer goes to the free throw line to try and tie, it, tie the game up and even take the lead. Zach Eady gets a no flagrant foul call, which uh, would have given the Atlanta were, the ball back. I'm not, not going to make any judgments here. If but, it were Kofi, it would have been a flagrant. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but uh, Zach Eady made a questionable play that kind of looked like he shoved Matthew Meyer to the ground, and it was not called a flagrant, just a common foul. Matthew Meyer made one of two free throws. The game was tied, and from that point on, Purdue went on a 9-4 run to win the game, 76-71. And uh, just, you know, after that play right there, Matthew Meyer started chucking up some threes, trying to play hero ball, got a bit overzealous, and... Uh, I, I gotta say, I did not like the shot selection in person. Yeah, well, I, I didn't really like the shot selection on TV. He was, he was one <laughs> was for ten way. and didn't make one three in crunch time. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, also the problem or the conflict there is that you can't tell him to stop taking those shots because so much of that is actually what got the Illini to where they are now. I mean, think about that comeback they had against Michigan State at home the way Meyer exploded. I mean, you don't win that game without him. No, you don't. You don't win the Texas game without him. You don't win so many of these games without Meyer's Oh, I mean, Meyer's he's your play. guy. Like, Meyer is that is the it's guy. Just, but when he's missing, it's like, oh, it, it's, man. It's like, so tough. You know Under was not going to tell him to stop shooting. No, because you can't. He's shown that he's he has so streaky. that ability to yeah. make those tough shots. It's just my thing is when you're in that crunch time, when you need a bucket, not even necessarily a three, when the team has actually come back not like – from driving the ball in the paint, being aggressive, and then Meyer takes this crazy turnaround three. That's when I'm just like, you don't need to force that there. And, man, this team is just so infuriating with their first halves. I mean, under, They really got to figure out what goes wrong in the first half, or yeah, else they're not going to make it in March. And it's funny, Coleman Hawkins, he had like a stream yesterday. Brad Underwood was blaming it on himself. He was like, I didn't get them prepared. I don't yeah, think he, that's true. He, he did say that. And, he, I, and when I was listening to his press conference on Sunday, I was like, you know, Coach, I, I, I don't think it's your fault. Because the team, Purdue went up 11-0 to start the game. And then the Illini end up going on a 20-13 run. 20-12. 20-12 run, right. 20-12 run to make it 20-23-20 Purdue. Yeah, so they came back. And then they came back in the first half. But after that, it was... Uh, yeah. Purdue ended up outscoring them 24 out. to 6. Yeah, with, with Edie out of the, the game yeah. that half. But Speaking of Zach Edie, I think the Coleman Hawkins hate has to officially stop. After I, I would agree with Coleman that. Coleman Hawkins held Zach Edie as the primary defender to minus 10. Brad Armand said press conference. Find the last time Zach Edie, who was more than likely the national player of the year, who was minus 10 
in the game. That, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I that happened. That has been the worst of the season too. for him. Yeah. Like, by far the worst. I, I, I probably couldn't tell you a time this season where he was even minus on being on the court. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of that, uh, a lot of people can say, oh, well, clearly Coleman Hawkins, if he can defend him in the post, he can defend anybody. But it wasn't really, I mean, yes, he played as tough as anybody could against Edie. Of course he did. I'm not taking any of the credit away. But look at how quickly the Illini double teamed him. That's every single time he turned it over. They triple teamed him at times, too. Yeah, and it was Luke Goody, Sincere Harris, Ty Rogers, RJ Melendez, all those guys. They forced a ton of turnovers from Edie. And because of that, the Illini were able to get on the fast break. They were able to, um, a few of the times, they actually exposed the matchup of Goody and uh, Zach Eady. Yeah. Had Goody making a three there. But that, that's just something you see. The Illini are capable of dominating one of the best teams in the country in a half. You yeah. just have to play, not even necessarily <laughs> 40, just play 35 yeah. consistent minutes no, and you just play, have five bad in You play there. Well, not even good. You play well in the first half. You win that game by 15 points. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> and like we said before, Underwood was like, I didn't get them prepared. And that seems to be his answer for a lot of these first half. Yeah, there's got to be and something wrong there. What, like... what I think, and it was a very good point that was brought up to me recently, was that if you look at the past few years with Brad Underwood, he goes from being really harsh and like giving a lot of tough love at the first half of the year to then, as you're getting down the stretch, it's all support. Like, especially yeah. in the press, he's taught, like saying good things about all the players regardless. Even in the Ohio, after the Ohio State game, he wasn't doing what he did against Penn State, saying, like with Terrence Shannon, right. you know? Right. And I think a lot of that is, is showing its effect right now where Underwood doesn't want to call out any of these players because Coleman Hawkins had a live stream yesterday there were people asking him questions. He was being fairly honest, and I was wondering if, you know, the coaches would be okay with it. But he was like, oh, yeah, we don't start well because we don't run the plays the coach is calling, and then we let them score three times in a row and get confused. <laughs> that was his response. And I'm thinking, that makes a little more sense than Underwood blaming on him. Yeah. I, you know, it's, I feel like Underwood has just kind of been making excuses for why they've been playing bad in the first half. Like, look. The thing is, they were playing. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say they're playing horrendous perimeter defense in the first half. Awful. Oh yeah, like god awful. Well, they have 47 in the first half. Right? Yeah, and they went six for 12 from behind the arc. And I mean, you literally let Brandon Newman and, and Braden Smith hit a bunch of wide open threes. Like it's of course they're gonna hit those. They're at home and they're wide open. Yeah, and like good the perimeter defense like... was just awful in the first half. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's the thing: the Illini play like they do in the sec. They did in the second half on Sunday. They could win the national championship. They'd be a Final Four team if they played 40 straight minutes. Like the way they, they would did beat a one seed in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, they would. And right now, barring uh, two or three wins in that Big Ten tournament, they're looking at that same eight-nine game. Yeah, which they have. Uh, that would be a very potentially hard against first Alec Gilmore's round. Arkansas Razorbacks. <laughs> Arkansas, West Virginia. I saw one against possibly Florida Atlantic. Um, yeah. There, there have been a handful just, of predictions, but Illinois is currently on that eight line right now. Yeah. So. I mean, you, you know why Underwood isn't blaming the players. He doesn't want them to have to deal with all that horrible, like, hate on Twitter and yeah. all of that drama. He yeah. wants it to be on him because he knows that it's better for him to take it right now. I agree with that. Sure. It's just at the same time, you need the players to buy in for the whole 40 minutes. You do. And you do. however he's going to get them to do that, maybe we'll see if they do that on Thursday.
Yeah, Which I, I mean, guess that's tomorrow now. <laughs> it, it, it is tomorrow, and we're both going to be at the United Center for that third matchup against Penn State this season. I'm, which I'm scared, but I can't wait at the same time. I am more nervous about tomorrow's game than I would be against Northwestern on Friday. I have to be completely honest with you, because here's the thing. The Illini have matched up horribly against the Nittany Lions in both matchups this season. They looked lost in the first matchup, and then Jalen Pickett looked like Himothy himself. Who do, and, who do, who do you put on Pickett, right? Exactly. They, they tried. I mean, I didn't get to see much of that game. You got to see a lot more of it because it was during one of our shows. They but. just weren't playing. They're, they're, they're single teaming him the whole time. It's like, yeah, I mean, Penn State is a small team. They don't really have like a true five. But the thing is, like, every one of those guys can shoot from behind the arc. You just have to hope that if you double team pick it, then they'll miss a three if they're open. Yeah. And Penn State is coming off of a comeback win against Maryland to oh, end the regular season. Incredibly they're playing confidently. very well. Like, Penn State knows they can win this game, for sure. I, th I think they're going in as confident as they could be. And they, they already know how to game plan against Illinois. They've showed that. And yep. the problem is Illinois doesn't yet know how to game plan against the three-point shooting of a guy like Andrew Funk, who went off in that yeah. first game, and then Jalen He didn't Pickett. even do much in the second matchup. It was all Pickett. But he didn't have to yeah. with the 41 points from Pickett. Pickett was, I think, 15 for 20 from the field, that sounds right. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Wow. Yeah, just a casual 75% from the field, you know. <laughs> Didn't they Casual. try, like, everyone on him? I mean, they, they tried Coleman Hawkins, right? If I'm going to be honest with you, I turned the game off, like, halfway through the second <laughs> half. So and I, I wouldn't can. blame you. I mean, that even the last five minutes I watched, like, it was so frustrating. And I believe they tried Ty Rogers on him a little bit. But I want to see them try him more and then have a guy on the side flashing back and forth for help defense. Just making yeah. Jalen Pickett think. Maybe make him give it up to the guys. I'd still rather someone else try and beat the Illini than Pickett. He's been unbelievable yeah. this year. I mean, he was he got named a second-team All-American and a first-team All-Big Ten, which very well-deserving. I mean, Jalen Pickett is, has one of the highest basketball IQs I've seen in a long time. He's such a smart player, doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, here's the thing, though. If Penn State takes tough twos, Brad's going to be okay with that. He's going to be totally fine if Penn State takes tough twos. And, and by tough twos, we don't mean – doing the drop defense on pick and rolls and have wide open. Mid exactly. That's no, we, not we at mean, all. That, that's what Tony like, Perkins killed the Illini with. We mean if, like, Jalen Pickett goes down low and then shoots, like, a reverse hook shot, with double team. If it goes in, it goes in. Yeah. There's nothing Which you can do can about do that, that at that He point. can do that. Yeah. Like, it, that's just good defense, better offense. Exactly. I mean, that's what, you know, some of the NBA commentators say all the time is, and that, that would definitely be the case. You just have to – Find a way, and if it's double-teaming him, then that's what you're going to have to do because yeah. if you're not stopping him. And the way that these players keep getting these career highs against Illinois is that right out of the gate, just like we discussed, Illinois has been a horrible first-half team. Lackluster. And they let the stars of the teams get going early on. And as a college basketball player, sometimes all you need to see is a few of them go in, and then your light's out. And that's been the case for so many of those guys. Tony yeah, Perkins, booster. Yep. Jalen Pickett. I mean, so many of these guys have had that same theme. Boo Booey. I mean, the way he was able to make a few of those wide open ones, all of a sudden he was making these, these covered threes. You yep. know? They just they have to, in the first five to ten minutes, I think is the most important part of the game. It is. Tomorrow. You, you actually limit Jalen Pickett, get him to miss a few shots. Maybe get him in a little bit of foul trouble. I don't know. Have Ty Rogers go at him. And then all of a sudden, only, it's a different game. He only had one foul against the yeah. Illinois in the second matchup. So, Jalen Pickett, I mean, literally, like, I don't think there was – he almost had a double-double, too. He had eight assists. Like, that just shows how incredible of a player he is. Jalen Pickett is 
is the real deal. I mean, he will be playing in the NBA next year without a doubt. Oh, yeah. With how smart of a basketball player he is, any NBA team would love that IQ on their team. They would. I, I just can't believe he wasn't first team Big Ten. Oh, he was. He was? Yeah, he was. Yeah. I thought I heard he wasn't. No, he was, he was first team okay, All-American. Okay, I was about to say, yeah, because he all, definitely... Second team All-American, I thought you were Okay, yeah. All-American. Yeah. I was about to say, how could you not have a guy like him first team All-American? Oh, he was, yeah, he was for sure first team Big Ten. I think he was coaches and media, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Whereas, like, Terrence Shannon Jr. was just coaches. Yeah, I so, saw that. Yeah. I think the he was a little the inconsistent. Two, the two unanimous picks were uh, Ed and Trace Jackson Davis, which makes sense. Well deserved. Well easily. deserved. Yeah, for sure. I, I personally think that just based off height, though, I think Trace Jackson Davis should have won Big Ten Player of the Year. But Zach Eadie's just that tall and that dominant, and it makes sense. Yeah. But um, in terms of pure basketball skill, I think it should have gone to Trace Jackson Davis. But I, I'd agree with that. I'm not a voter. It was so, close. Yeah. It definitely would be close. But not trying to say Ed isn't good. He's Phenomenal. I mean, he's great for right. Because sometimes big men like that are incredibly stiff, and he's not. He has an incredible skill set and great footwork. So. He has a he has a great free throw. It's really hard when he's a that very tall. good free throw. Yeah. I mean, just look at guys like Dane Danger. Look at Kofi. Yeah. From the last three years before Terrible. this, and Edie's still able to have. I don't know what his percentage is, but mm -hmm. it's like above seventy, I believe. Right. Yeah, something like that. I think maybe just under, but yeah, it's, it's definitely over sixty. I mean, to, to have a guy that you can't just go over and hack a shack with. Yeah, you can't. That's a big In deal. fact, you really don't even want to foul me. I think you went three for four from the line on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyways, uh, the men's team will be playing their first Big Ten tournament game since the loss last year against Indiana when they were the one seed. <laughs> um, so they will be playing Penn State in the third matchup between the two this season. Tomorrow night at 530, you can watch it on Big Ten+. Plus. We'll give our prediction and how far we think the Illini will go in the Big Ten tournament as long as predicting the bracket. And just a little bit after we discuss the women's end of regular season slash Big Ten tournament, the women's team destroyed Rutgers, ran through them. We talked about that last week for a bit, but then uh, we posted the podcast on Friday last week, and we both predicted the Illini to lose to Maryland, which unfortunately we were both right. Yeah, and you know, as I said uh, last night on Illini Sports Night, I talked a little bit about it. The they needed a lot to go right with the situation they have with injuries of Jayla Odin and Bryn Hill. Even as a fully healthy team with that lack of depth they have, they needed their stars and like their smaller guards compared to the ones of Maryland. They needed them to step up. They needed them to shoot really well. They made, I believe it may have been around 12 threes in that game against Maryland. They made eight in that first half. They only made five in the entire game against the Terps this time around. Mm. And especially when you have that size mismatch against people like Diamond Miller, she's going to score with ease, right? You, it's, oh, yeah. it's really hard to stop her. You can have someone contesting her like Kendall Bostic, and it's not going to matter because she's so smooth around the rim. Yeah. She had 14 points, I think nine rebounds, five assists. Yep, exactly right. <laughs> she had a really good stat line. And the five assists are actually the, the key because – she didn't even have to go off and score 31 points like she no. did the first time. That just shows how good of a player she is. Yeah. and So unselfish. For, for the Illini, actually, they were up by nine in that first game at half. They had eight three-pointers. They ended up having, like I said, over 10. Maryland was 0 for 17. Yeah. So much. Like, you needed that same type of, I, mean, I, I want to say skill and Maryland luck. only made four. On, on Friday, last Friday, but, um, you know. And still, that's a 12-point that's a difference right there. 12-point difference, yeah. And, and how much did they win that? They won by they won by 15, so, you know. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, the Alliance still played hard. I mean, 
they had no bench points. Like that's just you can't sure win didn't. without that unless even Jada Peebles didn't even have a point either. Yeah, you, she you, played 37 minutes, and she actually was one who had four threes in that first half against Maryland the first time around. You need if you're not going to have any bench points, you have to have all of your starters, your star guards like Makaira Cook, Genesis Bryant, Adalia McKenzie. You need them to play at their A game. You do. You have to have them making three-point shots, and they just they didn't do that. No. Five for 16 on the game. That's, that's uh, and Illinois put up 58 points. You know what that really reminds me of? It reminds me of the, of the Nebraska game when uh, they just yeah, that couldn't was, see anything go through the that net. Was they, overall, they shot 40.7% from the field, which is not bad. 31.3% from three. But, like, you know, it's they never really felt like it was – close in the second half because Maryland outscored the Illini 21 to 7 in the second quarter after yeah. it was only 20 to 18 after the yeah, first quarter. The Illini actually had a 5 point lead early on in the in that first quarter. They I think did. it was 16-11. Yeah. And then Sounds right. Uh, Maryland took the lead going into the second quarter, dominated that second quarter. At that point, they're playing from behind the whole entire time. Yep. And I mean, Illinois outscored Maryland in the in the second half by one point overall, but you know, it's just it was just kind of a shame to see that the Illini just couldn't really hang with them. After well, they they let up they let up another lead against them. I mean, I had another really bad quarter against Maryland this season. That's that's true. It's kind of a bummer. But it's it's also really hard to, especially now. You can say like for one thing, oh, when you're full strength, you should be able to hang with a team. <laughs> but like they're they're in the top ten. You know, they have a they lottery are. pick. You, do, you don't have Almost any... beat Iowa on Saturday. Almost. Iowa ended up winning the whole entire tournament. Yeah, which Maryland was able to destroy Iowa in their previous matchup. Right. And so, I mean, just there, Maryland is a dang good team, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they, have, a lottery, they have a lottery pick. They have a really well-rounded team. Here. I mean, the, those top teams in the Big Ten, Illinois would literally have to play a perfect game to beat even, even beat any of yeah. them. And <laughs> what I what I'm five. worried right now, what I'm worried about is that they are basically a lock to be in their first NCAA tournament since 2003 when Miss Teresa Grenz coached. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, they're not they're not essentially they are a lock. They'll be an eight or a nine seed in the when they get selected on Sunday. I saw a few that had them as eleven. Really? Yeah. An eleven seed. Mm -hmm. The ones huh. outside of ESPN, there were a few that said eleven. So. That's why I, I don't want to guarantee anything. Hmm. Yes, they should be in. 100% they should. It's just I saw a few like that. Don't want to. I just want to knock on wood. Uh, it's too far. Can't knock <laughs> on the wood right now. But well, they're going to be in. If they're not yes. in, that would be actually kind of an embarrassment. For Start a riot. Committee. We're starting a riot. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't tell me a team who went 22-9, and 11-7 in this stacked Big Ten conference is not going to make the tournament. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they beat Iowa. They beat Iowa in their only matchup of the season. That alone should, like. Yeah. Which it, that is like as quad one as you can get in women's basketball, <laughs> and that that alone is actually I think what is carrying them above that close to being out of the tournament is that winning against Iowa. You don't win that game, you're 21 and 10. You don't have a lot of quality wins. Yeah. Then that's that's a real conversation. It's true. But yeah. you know, having you only that beat win like so kind huge. of the bad teams in the conference. Exactly. So, yeah. It's good points, but um, yeah, just. Makaira Cook, 19 points. Genesis Bryant, 17 points. McKenzie, 12 points. And Bostic had a 10.16 rebound double-double. So that was it. That was the only scoring Illinois had against Maryland. You know, I mean, in their first NCAA tournament matchup, they are uh, definitely going to need some uh, bench scoring. They're going to need Jada Peebles to 
have to. They're going to need Jada, Peeb Jada Peebles to, you know, make her shots. Yeah, which, she needs uh, to make threes. Well, she only attempted two threes and only three field goals overall against Maryland. You got to find her more. You really do. Yeah, you know, and, like, and that just makes the yeah. team much more confident yeah. when you know you can rely on someone else other than just the starters. Yeah, and also Makaira played the entire game against Maryland, all 40 minutes. Man. She went eight for 22. It's like, yeah, I mean, she's going to she's gonna try to play hero ball at times. But, you know, what's really interesting. When the Illini are losing games, that's when Makaira feels like she has to shoot more. You know? I feel yeah. like it's been a very common trend. When they win games, they really share the ball well and don't, like, play hero ball. Like, from, from what I saw against Nebraska, Genesis and Makaira acted like they had to carry the entire team to try and get back into that 33-point deficit loss. Yeah, which they, they were. That was the first game they were dealing without Brent Schuppel. That's true, and, that's and, and Jayla Oden. So not having those two is definitely going to hurt them down the stretch here, and it, it definitely did against Maryland. I mean, you can see that just not having not having Brent Schuppel alone. I mean, you had to play Kendall basically the whole entire game because, yeah. you know, here's the thing. Well, I mean, <laughs> Shauna Green played Samantha Dewey more than Giovanna Lopez and Aisha Nador combined. So yeah. I I don't even think that Shauna Green wants to play Samantha Dewey in these type of situations, but she kinda has to. She, she has to. And yeah. uh, the the key thing that you're missing from uh, someone like Bren is that she was the stretch for material that you yeah. need. She could she could play big if needed. She's kinda like Coleman in, in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And she she could play big if needed, but she's also has that ability to knock down the three. And this team that oftentimes heavily heavily relies on that three-point shot, not having her, and then you have to play someone like Samantha Dewey, as you mentioned. Um, she's she hasn't had a whole lot of experience playing significant minutes this year up until now, and now you're faced with playing someone who you don't necessarily want to play, and you you lose someone who has that dynamic, like chance to like be dynamic, on offense and defense. It's just it hurts them so much, and it really dampens their chance to win more than one game in March or in the tournament. I yeah, say. I mean, especially if you're on the 8-9 line. Like, yeah, you meet, you might get a game you can win as an 8 or a 9 seed, but then you're going to have to face either South Carolina, Indiana. Uh, I'm pretty sure on the one line also is LSU, and then maybe um, I, I think UConn. Uh, Virginia, Tech probably, is, Virginia Tech's definitely up there to win those. the ACC, yeah. But you're going to have to play one of those four or five teams, and, you know, it's uh, – <laughs> Those will be some interesting matchups where, you know, it's, I don't know. It, it's it's really hard to kind of say, like, where where you think they're going to end up. I'm kind of, I'm checking the current bracketology for yeah. women's basketball on but ESPN, seeing where they have Illinois. It's an Okay, they have Illinois in Indiana's bracket. They have Illinois as a nine seed playing Ole Miss in the first round. So... I think they I mean, don't have Indiana as a one seed. They do have Indiana as a one seed. I'm saying Illinois would have to play Indiana in Bloomington. I see. Yeah. So okay. they have Illinois as a nine seed. They'd be playing Ole Miss in the first round, and Indiana would be the one seed that Illinois would have to upset. Which they hey, they almost did it in Assembly Hall. They I, almost did it. I was about to say I don't think they actually allow you to play a team you've played twice in the second round. Is, I mean, is that I do remember from the men's tournament not too long ago that, like, I think Minnesota and Michigan State might have played each other. In the second round? In the second round, round of 32. Which they may have only played once in the season. I'm not, I'm not too sure how it works. That, that's what I kind of thought, too, because I feel like this has been. I'm pretty sure been, that's a rule. This has been 
like I, I highly doubt that Illinois is going to end up being I, in that same they section as Indiana. Even for yeah, the sake of sense. the fact that they have played each other already twice, they the committee won't want to see that same matchup again in a second round, you know? Yeah, that's true. So. I mean, here's the thing. You could definitely put them in Stanford's bracket, Virginia Tech's bracket, or uh, South Carolina's bracket. Yeah, and th there is something else to mention. Um, I was doing a little bit of research on Shauna Green last night. She, this is only her seventh year in D1 head coaching. She only coached at Dayton for six years, won five regular season titles out of the six. Wow. And the thing is, they made it to the tournament, I believe, four times out of those five. And guess what? She's 0-4 in the NCAA tournament. She has yet to win in the first round. That's well, something that, you know, the Illini at this point, having a sweet 16 would be absolutely incredible. You'd have to beat a one seed. But if you can just win, if you can win a game, put yourselves on the map even more than you already have. Yeah. That'd be so huge for this program. That would be forward. awesome. Well, I mean, there's not really much to predict right now with women's basketball because, uh, oh, yeah, well, would you look at that? Illinois is on the last four buys right here in the, on the bubble, but they're in nine seeds. So usually that means they're a 10 or an 11. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. But anyways, for Illinois is uh, in the field right now, according to ESPN bracketologist Charlie Cream. So, you know, keeping our fingers crossed for Sunday that they will get selected. But uh, we know for a fact that the men's team will get selected. They are already a lock in the NCAA tournament. They're also on that eight, they're eight, nine line, more than likely going to be an eight seed uh, when Sunday's bracket comes out. But uh Noah, do they get the job done against Penn State tomorrow night? And also, after this, we will predict how far the Atlanta will go and uh, who we think will win the Big Ten tournament overall. So, go on. <clears throat> yeah. Um, here's the main thing, the main trend that I've noticed uh, in the past years with the Big Ten. It's, it's one thing to beat a team twice. It is exponentially harder to beat them three times in the same season. Yeah. And that's what Penn State is going to try and do. You'd think that Illinois, after playing them twice, would finally develop some sort of scouting that will not stop Jalen Pickett. Not going to say it's going to stop him, but if you can limit him, I think the Illini do. I don't think they lose three times to Penn State. I think that uh, Meyer doesn't shoot one for ten. I think he ends up shooting like three for 11 from three because that's still been his general trend of late. Um, and then you have... Uh, we, we aren't sure about Jaden Epps. He's currently in the concussion protocol which he's getting for closer, Illinois. Which is a good sign. He is getting closer. Coleman Hawkins said that he likes his chance to come back by the end of the season. Good. Um, which, you know, that we makes love to hear that. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think you have uh, – Ty Rogers have more of an offensive impact than you did last game. Mm -hmm. I think the Illini it, – it's close. I, I think it's close throughout the game. Yeah. And I think that they actually played the first five to ten minutes of that game a little bit better. They have the lead. And they end up winning, I would say, 76 to 70. Yeah, 76 to 70. I like that. I think that if Illinois holds Penn State under 70 points, under keep in mind, under 70, they will win the game. Okay. 70's kind of been that mark for Penn State this season where, you know, if they scored under that, which they have plenty of times. They have well scored under 70 in a handful of games. I mean, a good a good, uh, a good example would be the 45 performance. Point performance against Rutgers they had this season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, what? so this Penn State team scored 45 points against Rutgers in a game this season. And let's keep this in mind. Jalen Pickett scored 41 alone against Illinois in the second matchup. 
Yeah. So um, <laughs> if, if you hold How Penn does that State under... We have no idea. I don't know. <clears throat> if you hold Penn State under 70 points, I think the Illini will get the job done. And I do think they will get the job done. I think that, like you said, it is really, really difficult to beat a team by, I mean, three times in the same season. Penn State is playing really well right now. Don't get me wrong. I'm. This is not the matchup I want to see in the first round for Illinois. The exact opposite um, of a matchup any <laughs> Illinois fan yeah, would want to see. I think I'd rather see any of any other team in the Big Ten besides Penn State or, I guess, Nebraska, too, right now. Um, but, you know, I think Illinois just has the answers. I think that, overall, they do contain Jalen Pickett. They contain him. They won't stop him. Jalen Pickett will still get he, he'll still get his. He will. And I think, overall, though, Penn State does not shoot as well as they do from the three. I think they're going to struggle from behind, behind the arc. Funk might get, like, maybe three or four good looks um, that go in. You know, Seth Lundy will make a few, but... I think overall the Illini play very good perimeter defense. I think that they will – Penn State's not going to get much down low because they're not that big of a team. I think the Illini end up winning this one 71-67. to 67. Really close game, really competitive. I think a big shot is made by our, either R.J. Melendez or Luke Goody with about a two minute 32 minutes to go. Okay. Yeah, big shot by R.J. Melendez or Luke Goody. And the Illini will go up by four at that point. And it was just kind of stacked, like may- yeah. maybe a little, may- maybe five or six, and then some yeah. fouls, and maybe a Penn State late shot or something like that. But the Illini will win seventy-one to sixty-seven. Yeah, I think RJ, with the way he's been playing recently, I I love his effort. Yeah, um, he made a big, he, great he made a Purdue. huge three against Michigan, and then had even though he his offensive stats shooting wise didn't really reflect his play against Purdue, he played great in that game as well. He did played really hard. Yeah, and. You know, another player I'm watching out for Penn State is Cameron Winter. Cameron Winter's played really, really well. He had, he had the game winner against Maryland. Game winner yeah. against Maryland. He had 24 the game before that against Northwestern in their their road win. Yeah, he's or, a guy you got to watch out for too. Yeah, I just. I, <laughs> hey, whoever they whoever they get matched up with in the NCAA tournament, watch out. That is a really, really good basketball team. Yeah, I got their record is not that. They're 19 and 12, I think their record is. Yeah. That is very deceptive. Like that, that record is not indicative of how good that team actually is. Um, they are going to be an ex- incredibly hard out in the NCAA tournament. No question about it. And all these Big Ten teams will be. Yeah. You just you don't know if they're either going to finally break that like that that streak of yeah. just disappointments in the tournament, you know? or if you're going to have a bunch of different teams making the Sweet Sixteen because they're all so unreliable and at the same time so dangerous. Yeah. But um. You have the Illini beating Penn State. How far did they go? And who wins the Big Ten tournament? In the... Ooh, okay. Why don't, why, don't, why don't we have a little fun here? Why don't we kind of like pick the bracket? So who wins tonight? Who wins tonight? Yeah, so you have uh, the first matchup is Ohio State-Wisconsin. The yeah. second one is Nebraska-Minnesota. I think we can both say Nebraska moves on in that one. But who wins Ohio State-Wisconsin? I don't know. I mean, you know, it wasn't – it was kind of a close game when Minnesota first played Nebraska. I mean, Minnesota almost beat Wisconsin themselves. But, yeah, I think Nebraska still – yeah, uh, they get that done. I think Nebraska beats Maryland too. I do too. I have Nebraska beating Maryland and going Kese into Friday. Naga. That guy, that guy's one of the most fun players in the I lo- I love yeah. watching him play. Yeah, that He's guy's, one of my favorite so players. Fun. He's um, so fun. <laughs> I think Ohio State beats Wisconsin. I do too. Yeah. I I think Wisconsin's not playing good basketball yeah. at all. Which they have to win tonight if they want to make the NCAA tournament. If they don't win, they're out. Yeah. Which. You know, at, 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 to some extent, I don't want to see them make it. I, I know you do. You're a, you're a Wisconsin guy. But they're, they're just not very fun to watch. And I, I, I like seeing, like, the first four games. Like, if they're putting the first four, 
I like seeing those games that are actually like, you know, they have a, they have an offensive capability, which Wisconsin's not really shown that they're there. You no. know, I think Ohio State wins that game tonight. Me too. And I think that Nebraska wins as well. Okay, so we both have Ohio State and Nebraska moving on. So then tomorrow the first game would be uh, Rutgers and Michigan. I have Michigan. Who do you have? Michigan. Yeah. Because they're just going to find a way to make the Rutgers tournament. Rutgers has been playing really bad recently too. They like have. They, they're 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 on the bubble right now. I don't I don't know if you know this. But, I ne- uh, I never thought that we would say no, that. No, yeah. Like ever since it feels like they lost to Illinois here at State Farm Center, it just feels like it's been a total like. Yeah, it definitely has. I think that, downward trend for them. Um, I think Rutgers uh, they go out to an early lead and then they just get cold. I think Michigan wins that game. As Which well. Michigan's playing well right now. It's just they haven't found ways they, to close. They the couldn't road close they against Illinois. They couldn't close against Indiana. Yeah. You win both those games. You win one of those games. You're in the tournament oh, yeah. right those now. Those are both quad one road wins. So, yeah. yeah, especially against Indiana, yeah. that would have been a huge one for yep. them. Very true. But yeah, then you. You win this game, and then you go into Selection Sunday, even if you don't win the next one. With a bit more How close are you actually to getting that? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they would definitely be a last team in. They'd probably be playing in that first four. But uh, next one would be Ohio State and Iowa. I have the Hawkeyes Hmm. moving on that one. Yeah, Actually, in a really, really close game. In a really close game. I think the Hawkeyes hit hit a shot late that would put them over the Buckeyes. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. I, you know what? I'm gonna pick the dark horse of Ohio. Really, State they to, are playing pretty well recently. To win their first two ever games. since they beat Illinois, they have been kind of playing. I mean, they beat Maryland at home. They barely lost to Michigan State on the road. So, and they, if they beat Wisconsin tonight, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, this I, Big Ten is so deep. I'm calling the dark horse, and then of course they're gonna lose tonight, as I say that. <laughs> but yeah, literally, I yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm calling that, and then I call Illinois. Uh, as we mentioned, we right, we both got Illinois predict, beating Penn State. Uh, Yes, win against Penn State. And and then the game after that would be Nebraska-Maryland. And I have Nebraska. You have Nebraska? I have Nebraska. All right, well, we have and we then, both have Nebraska getting to Friday. I think Indiana beats Nebraska at that point. Yeah, me so. too. Um, but We're kind it, of jumping ahead. That's the last game yeah, on Friday. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's, uh, let's, let's start first with Michigan-Purdue. <laughs> I'll have the Boilermakers moving on from that one. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Purdue uh, wins that one. They're just... They're too much for uh, the Wolverines. I think Purdue is uh, in the in the long run. I think they end up getting the championship. We won't go there yet, but yeah. I think that they beat Michigan. Um, Me too. Pretty, and by pretty handily, I mean they end up winning by like nine, ten, eleven. Just yeah, that's, that, that sounds digits. about right. I, uh, I think Purdue will get the win somewhere between like seven and like thirteen points. Yeah. And then um, the next matchup for Friday would that, involve what, that would be you, Ohio, Ohio State, State, and Michigan State for you. Ohio State, Michigan. State. For me, it's Iowa, Michigan. Rematch. State. Uh, I have the I have the Spartans moving on against the Hawkeyes. Okay, I I think getting revenge from that crazy game in Iowa City a couple weeks. I was about ago. to say either way, I think Michigan State pulls that off. Yeah. Um, regardless of if they play Ohio State or March Iowa, is Tom Izzo's month. That is true. They they just played different. Um, and the thing is, they dominated Iowa for that whole entire game up until Iowa made five threes. And it wasn't even bad defense. Iowa just made five yeah, threes they, in they a row. Like, yeah. 23 points in the last minute and a half. Most, well, one of the most incredible, if not the most incredible comeback I've ever seen insane. live. Yeah. Yeah, that was and, crazy. yeah, I think Michigan State gets it done against Ohio State. Again, um, Ohio State playing three games in a row at that point. Yeah. They're going to be tired. Michigan State's well-rested. They win that game. And then at that point, is it Illinois, Illinois Northwestern? Northwestern? 
I have the Illini beating the Wildcats in the rubber match this season. I think I think that, like I said, I'm more nervous about tomorrow night than I would be Friday against Northwestern because I think that Northwestern doesn't have any answer for Illinois at that point because I think that Northwestern just looks completely lost against Illinois. I think Illinois actually wins that game by between 10 and 15 points against Northwestern. Yeah, I I don't know. I have a feeling Northwestern gets it done. Really? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Northwestern was starting to play worse and then they get the a little bit of that confidence boost back against Rutgers yeah. easily handling them. Rutgers has been a mess, but yeah, after that really close comeback win against Northwestern, I think that they find a way to to even it back. Um, obviously, they beat them once earlier in the season, but Boo Booey, I don't think he has that same effort. And uh, Chase Audige probably scoring plays out, better. but Audige plays yeah. better. Yeah, and so you have the Wildcats over the Illini. Yeah, okay. it's a, a neutral atmosphere, which yeah. we'll, we'll see what neutral really means we at United Center. We will. Who is Chicago's Big Ten team? That's going to be determined in that Friday match if Illinois beats Penn State tomorrow night. But uh, that final matchup on Friday would be between Indiana and Nebraska. Potentially, yeah. yes. For both I, us. I think that Trace Jackson Davis, nobody, no one can stop him I think Indiana kind of runs away with it personally. Yeah, I think even – I mean, he's just so good passing out of the post too. Yeah. I think Miller Kopp gets a few threes. Jalen Hutchifino, um, he, he plays. Nebraska holds their own, but they just they yeah. can't keep up. He looks yeah. a little bit like he played against Purdue when he was just completely unconscious. I think they end up winning that game by like 15 to 17 around Yeah, there. something like that. So your semifinal game one would be between Purdue and Michigan State. So would I. I would have the Boilermakers in a very, very close game. Very close game. Yeah. I mean, look at how close they were when Michigan State was actually at home. Yeah against the board. I think it'd be that type of game. I really do. You need Tyson Walker to do what he did. And I think he will. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I Hogarth think will get his own up. too. And I think I think both Monty, of those guys have to play. I think Monty Sissoko actually makes some pretty big shots down low. Yeah? Yeah. You think he um he defends well against Edie? What do you think Edie does? I think that I think Edie is defended in the way that Illinois defended him. Okay. So but I think Purdue does escape with a win on Saturday. Yeah, they're, they're, just, they're not even playing even close to their best basketball right they're now. Not, Purdue is not. not. They are struggling. But they will escape. I, I agree with that. I think. They in fact, Michigan State might even be up with like maybe two minutes to go in the game. Yeah. But I think Purdue just finds a way to maybe hit a big shot or Edie gets like maybe an and one later, something like that to kind of give Purdue just the lead it needs to get the job done. But Purdue does advance to the title game on Sunday for both of us, right? You have Purdue winning too? I do, yes. All right, so Purdue gets to the title game. For me, it's Indiana versus Illinois. For you, it's Northwestern Indiana. I will have the Hoosiers taking down the Illini for the third time this season. I think it's very, very similar to the game in Bloomington. But uh, I think the Illini actually have a chance to win the game this time instead of tie it. But the guy who misses the three is Matthew Meyer. <laughs> I could have seen that coming yeah. a mile away. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that the Illini played the Hoosiers very, very tough. It's a great Big Ten tournament game. Probably maybe even the best game of the tournament. But the Hoosiers will beat the Illini for a third time this season in a close one. How about the Hoosiers and the Wildcats for you? I think, um, and this is kind of bold, uh, I think that the Wildcats win that one too. They they go 3-0 against Indiana this season to you, huh? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, I think that uh, Northwestern, if they beat Illinois, that potential, um, they would have that confidence boost, I mean, like as high as they could. Um, because it's just uh, against like their biggest rival, basically, um, their big brother. But 
I, I think Boo Booey has one of those type of Illinois games against uh, Indiana. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what you need when Indiana has been playing the way they've been playing. Um, and I, I think that they advance to the championship. I'm calling wow. it. Wow. All right. So you have Northwestern Purdue. I have the Indiana. I have the Indiana matchup. Uh, who wins your game between Northwestern and Purdue? I, hmm. I think it's, it's Purdue. I think, yeah. you know, you, you can say that Northwestern's the, the two seeds. So, like, it wouldn't be a surprise for them to get there. But I think their Cinderella Big Ten tournament run would end against Purdue. I yeah. don't think you win, they are able to win three games like that um, against, and especially against the Boilermakers at the end. I think Purdue finally starts to get back into their stride mm-hmm. that they had when they were really good in I that early Big Ten season. I think closing out the game against Illinois might have been the thing they needed. You know, Honestly, yeah. Because yeah. they were looking like they were just falling apart. And yeah. then they were able to to shut off the Illini, and I think they end up becoming your Big Ten champions for both, both the regular yeah. season and Big yeah, Ten they'd championship. Be out, they'd be outright. Yep. I have the Hoosiers taking down the Boilermakers for the third time this season. I think I think Indiana's just a better matchup against Purdue. Wow. I really do. I think Indiana beats them the same way they beat them both times this season. They just play better overall. I think that Trace Jackson Davis gets his own. They, they guard Edie like they have in both matchups. I think that Huchifino makes his shots. Miller Cobb makes his shots. I think that the Hoosiers are the Big Ten tournament champions this season. Yeah, I would just kind of feel like it would be the right thing based off how the predictions were at the start of the season, and you know, just because everyone was so high in Indiana and they're playing that way right now. Yeah. So I think the Hoosiers are the Big Ten tournament champions. You have the Boilermakers winning it all, winning the Big Ten tournament rather, and. Uh, but overall, it should be a really fun tournament. I can't wait to go cover with you. It's going to be a really fun I'm, weekend. I'm hoping and, uh, we're there for more than one day. Hopefully, so hopefully, say. yes. I would love to see that Northwestern Illinois matchup on Friday. Yeah, um, covering it United Center. Yeah, I mean, I'm you, ever, so you ever been there? No. Well, United—it's a pretty cool I, place. I've been outside of it. Yeah, it's a pretty cool place inside. You'll like it. You'll like it. I've, I've obviously never been in the media section. I've, no. I've been in the United Center many times in my life. I mean, this is going to be a surreal experience. We can't it's wait. Going to be very, it's going to be very cool. But thank you so much for tuning into this week's ISN Now. But this won't be the only ISN Now we have this week. We have a special we are planning on recording on Sunday after the NCAA tournament brackets are selected. That's all I'm going to say for now, though. That's all I'm going to say. That's all he's going to say. I'm going to you say. heard that. And so, that's basically the end of our show. Tune in <laughs> on Sunday for it's a, a, if you will. a special edition of ISN Now, and we will see you then.